this morning, I've spoken about this before, but not to the, the, to the extent that I'm going to share today. I really felt this morning, we're going to expose some plans of the enemy this morning. You know, and, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna see what the Lord has. But this morning, my, my, my message is going to be called, Unraveling the Orphan Spirit. Exposing the Orphan Spirit. You know, so you, you might say, well, what is an orphan spirit? So we're going we're gonna to jump into this. I'm gonna... By the way, this was really cool. Because when we, we got together as a group, then we said, okay, now after worship, we took off the mask. And there was something about the anointing that came in when we lifted the mask off. Come on. There was, the, the mask came off and it was like the anointing of the Lord came in when we revealed our true identity in Christ. Come on. <clears throat> so I'm really, I'm really, uh, I'm, I'm stirred. I'm excited about it. I want to welcome all of our online audience, those that are watching through Media Revival Television, those that are going to be watching, make sure you subscribe to the channel, stay connected, there's going to be a number on the bottom, a toll-free number, a 1-888-406-9115, that's our prayer line number, if you need prayer, we have pastors that are standing by to take your call. <clears throat> Unveiling the orphan spirit. When one is abandoned or rejected by their earthly father, they can feel a deep void, and it often makes it difficult to interact with God because they feel a trust has been broken between them and their father or their mother. So when they feel rejected by their earthly father, their trust is broken, and that's when you know that healing has to take place. You know, I, I really believe that there's going to be people that are going to be set free today. You know, and I, and I may pull my wife up here because I know she has a whole lot. We didn't know, she didn't know what I was going to talk about. And then what she ministered on last night, it goes right into this. What does the orphan spirit look like? It's a type of demonic spirit that invades a person's mind that causes a sense of abandonment, loneliness, alienation, and isolation. It often attaches itself to someone who has experienced extreme rejection. Whether it's in their life or in their family, it's a person operating out of an orphan spirit. He compensates their feelings of insecurities by performance-driven competitiveness and works independently. They're very driven to do more. I'm going to break down the characteristics of an orphan spirit, and we're going to, we're going to jump into some things today. They struggle with self-worth, they find it difficult to maintain healthy relationships. One of the things the Lord has really shown me throughout the years, you know, before I got into full-time ministry and even before when I was serving as a youth pastor and a youth leader and, 
and even in my own walk in my life, I could see areas in my life where I was struggling with this orphan spirit. You know, I remember my father and my mother, they got, just, they, they got divorced at, at the age of seven years old. <clears throat> at seven years old. So I have a vivid memory of my father walking out of the house at seven years old. And me running after my dad, trying to find out why he was leaving. Not knowing nothing other than I was a child. Mind you, my father didn't do nothing wrong. My mother didn't do nothing wrong. But as a child, you don't know what's going on. And as a child, sometimes you feel rejected. Like maybe I did something to make my dad leave. Maybe I was a, maybe I was a bad kid. Or maybe I, I wasn't a good enough son. <clears throat> so the spirit runs rapid in the body. And one thing the Lord showed me was this. It runs and walks hand in hand with the spirit of deception. The orphan spirit, I mean, if you can visualize, they're, they're walking hand in hand with deception. <clears throat> you can see it manifesting, and you don't even know that you have it. We can be believers and we walk in the kingdom and we're doing miracles, signs, and wonders and it'll still be manifesting in our lives and we don't recognize it because our eyes are being deceived. That's the way it works. You see, they, they're strategic. Like, he's got the orphan spirit. Well, let me block his eyes so he don't see. Now you're dealing with deception and the orphan. When that happens, this is, when that begins to happen, our language begins to change. The way we speak will begin to change. Let me give you an example. And we say, mind you, I'm talking about Christians here. We say things out of our mouth like this. Well, it's just my luck. Right? Or what about, ah, uh, that always happens to me. Or, it is what it is. It just is what it is. That, that's just my luck, right? We say things like this and not really knowing what we're saying, but we are literally giving life to that thing to be, to be bred out of us. Because what we speak has value and power. <clears throat> you see, if we see ourselves as sons and daughters, we won't say things like, ah, that's just my luck. You'll say things like, man, I'm blessed and highly favored. You see, and I'm not, this is not coming against anything. This is just our eyes need to be opened to see and hear what the Spirit of the Lord is declaring. Listen, if we can truly walk in a manifest heaven, then heaven will be manifested. Here we are on earth. And everything we do and say will become our language. It will be kingdom and Father filtered. So, I want to give a couple, uh, if you're taking notes, 
I'm going to give a couple characteristics of the orphan spirit. Okay? Here we go. Father, let me just pray. Father, I just thank you, God. And right now, Lord, I ask for eyes and ears to be open, Lord. Holy Spirit, have your way. Bring the revelation that needs to be brought. Father, every word that is not of you, God, that it would drop to the ground. And we would just say, Lord, that you would release, God, even through media, the tangible presence and glory right now. In Jesus' name, amen. So number one, competing and needing to stand out. The spiritual orphans do not feel accepted, and they feel that they need to prove their worth. What happens is this. They seek to hide their own limitations. <clears throat> they act as if they always have it together. And they will always have an answer. And they will even say things and they'll act like they know it all. So when I say seeking to hide their limitations, somebody who is dealing with an orphan spirit, what happens is they don't want people to know that they struggle in an area. So what they do is they hide their limitations, and rather than saying, I don't know how to do it, or I, I, don't, I can't do it, they won't let people know, because what happens is they have fear of being rejected again. And then that root of rejection begins to show its face up, and they begin to, they fear that. It's all based on fear. You know, I remember I was in Alabama, and we were mentoring some people, and we were, we were raising some people out there, and, and one of the things that I had one of our students, well, an old, she was an older person, everything that I said what her response was, yeah, I know. I know. And it was like everything I said, I could even just say like a, something that wasn't true on purpose. And they would say, yeah, I know. So finally, I, one day I just said, do you really know? Tell me more. Oh, well, brother, I did. I, you know. But see, that's the orphan mentality that they feel they have, to, they have to act like they know something to be able to feel like they're walking on the same qualification. Or, you see, it's their way that they think because of the fear of rejection. <clears throat> Perceiving the strengths of others as competition. Come on, that's a big thing. You know, I remember growing up, I remember younger years seeing people that would minister. And they were powerful. And I would see them minister, I'm like, man, God, I want to be like that. You know, not that I was idolizing people, 
but the anointing and the glory that's in their life. I'm like, Lord, I want that. And sometimes when I, I, would, I would come up to them and I would meet with them, I felt that I had to prove myself that I was just as good. Because I didn't want to feel like I was beneath them. So I would sit and, and, and I would, you know how I would know when I was doing that? Because my words would begin to mo- like fumble on each other. I would begin to, and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, just be you. I'm being transparent, guys, because you know what? If, if we could be transparent, then we'll see breakthrough come. And I want you, if you're dealing with this, to have breakthrough. Maybe you're watching right now. Maybe that's you. I want you to have breakthrough today. They feel intimidated by others around them. And they feel that they always have to prove their point. But no, 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 listen to me. No, 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 brother. No, 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 no. What I'm trying to say is this. No, it's okay, really, I understand. No, 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 no. Let me, they, tr- they, they need to prove their point. They do this because of the wounds of their past. There's a root there. And the Lord wants to uproot those roots of rejection. Secretly, they'll take satisfaction in the weakness of others. They really feel the need to seek attention. You'll know them. Somebody, maybe you know, maybe you can think of somebody that you might know. They always need your attention. Hey, how was your day, brother so and so? How's your day, sister so and so? Well, man, I lost my job. Now they're taking my hours away. And then this person's this and this, and then my brother's going through this, and man, he just got probation. And before you know it, you know everything bad about the person's life. They need the attention. But it's because of the root of rejection. There was a lack of a father in their life. You know, praise God that God is raising up a generation of fathers who will teach those. We need the fathers. You see, sons and daughters, they embrace the strengths and the weaknesses. They're comfortable both with who they are and whose they are. That's important. To know who you are and whose you are. I'm a son of the king and I belong to him. And because I know who I am and who I belong to, that means what comes out of my mouth is going to be kingdom. Number two, talk about the characteristics. Isolation or independence. You see, deep down, the orphans don't feel as though he or she belongs in the family. (laughs) 
They suffer from a sense of abandonment. You see, what happens is because of the rejection, because there's a spiritual root, listen, it is a demonic spirit that makes you feel this way. Because the Spirit of the Lord does not let you feel this way. And if it's not God, then who is it? So, they feel, excuse me, they feel as if they don't belong to a family. They disconnect themselves. The instinct of an orphan is to go at it alone. And sometimes you'll hear them say things like this. I don't need anybody. I've done it all my life by myself. I grew up in the streets. All I need are the clothes on my back. All I need is what I have in this backpack. Come on. And see, what happens is they begin to withdraw and physically or emotionally from others. So they, what they do is they, they pull themselves away from people who love them, who truly love them. They pull themselves away physically and emotionally because they're afraid that they're going to be hurt. It doesn't matter how much love you show them, there's still a wall there that says, this person is going to hurt me. And because they haven't let go of that hurt, that rejection, they don't allow others to love them. And when they do allow others to love them, they feel that they have to do something to earn their love. Is this making sense to anybody? Sons and daughters will embrace unity. You see, an orphan spirit will make you have an attitude of, an attitude of independence. And that's when pride begins to manifest. And that's a whole other spirit that we deal with. So now we've got deception, we've got the orphan, and now we have pride. But brothers and sisters, they celebrate unity and they love being joined together as a family working as a team. Come on, that's good. So now, number three. Number three, fear and insecurity. The spiritual orphan is unsure of his or her place in the family. They're trying to fit in. Yes, thank you very much. They're trying to fit in. Orphans also feel uncovered and unprotected. Let me give you an example. They feel like everybody is out to get them. Like everybody's want just they just want me to fail. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
Got these allergies. Thank you, Lord. They feel like everybody's out to get them. That everybody's against them. You'll hear them say things like, oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I always make the mistake. I always do this. I'm all hey, I'm the bad guy. Come on. <laughs> Jesus, you're funny. They feel unprotected. Therefore, their instincts is to protect themselves and their positions. This may result in a constant reassurance, a need of reassurance from their leaders. They just need to know that they're doing okay. Like, you're doing good. You're doing a good job. They, they need that reassurance from their leaders. Lack of confidence in their spiritual gifts and in ministry position that they have been given. They feel the need to prove themselves that they are qualified to do what God has called them to do. They have to prove themselves. They become protective of the territory or about their ministry area. This is mine. I'm going to read a scripture out of Matthew 10, verse 29 to 31. And it says this, What is the price of two sparrows? One copper coin? But not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without the Father knowing it. And the very hairs on your head that are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. I'm going to go to number four. I'm going to skip some stuff because. Number four is this performance and orientation. You see, the spiritual orphan feels rejected. Therefore, believing that he or she must compensate by working harder. Or performing well in order to be recognized by their leaders or their peers. They feel that they have to do more to be able to get more. And what happens is they begin to perform. And as they're performing, they're not being led of God. What's happening is they're performing to receive something, to receive compensation for what they feel they're doing. It's because of the fear of rejection. You see, as an orphan, as a spiritual orphan, you think of the natural, an orphan, 
An orphan is without family. They don't have a mom. They don't have a father. Therefore, they, don't, they lack the intimacy of the of family. They don't have money. So when they're hungry, they don't know how they're going to eat. Unless somebody gives them. That's the same way the enemy does being a spiritual orphan. He gets you to that place of like, you just take the scraps off the ground. A constant drive to perform well. Judging the weakness or performance of other people that are on the team or in leadership. They begin to judge people around them. They begin to talk about the weaknesses of people around them to take away what people see in them to look at others because of the fear of rejection. They're afraid to be rejected. They have feelings of mistrust towards other people. They feel like they're going to be punished at any time. You ever seen a a child that has been beaten? You you can tell the child who's been beaten by, you can lift up your arm just to scratch your head, and the child will flinch because they're so afraid that somebody's going to hit them. They're fearful of what's to come. That's the same way as being a spiritual orphan. They are afraid that they're going to be punished. That's another thing about rejection. So I'm going to ask you a couple questions. And this is, you don't, I don't want you to answer these questions here. <clears throat> I want you to do it in your mind. <laughs> We're going to pray. I'm going to ask a couple questions. <clears throat> and I want you to self-evaluate. In the atmosphere. Do I operate out of insecurity? I'm just going to give you a couple seconds to kind of. Am I jealous of other people's success? This is big. Some people have a problem when people do well in their life. Let me give you an example. Maybe a woman gets a brand new purse. It's the very best. I don't know nothing about purses, honestly. Gets the very best pet purse. And sister so-and-so sees the purse. Why did she get a purse? Man, God, I I mean, I do everything. Why do they get the blessing? Right? I've often said this sometimes, and I joke about it, but but this is how I, I, I can see now with my eyes open. Like, why is it that the person that doesn't know how to play guitar has a $20,000 guitar? 
They don't even know how to play. And they've got the very best $30,000 guitar, and they know how to, they like, ding. I'm like, Lord, here I am playing a $25 Walmart guitar, and I'm like flowing, man. Man, God, if you would just give me that, whew, you don't know what I would do with that, right? Do we get jealous by other people's successes? I've, I've said this, I mean, I'm being honest, like, really, God? They don't even know how to play the, like, they don't even know how to play piano. And you're going to give them a Nord 4? You know what I'm saying? Like, wow. So do you get jealous by other people's success? Maybe you got a promote. maybe, maybe the guy got a promotion who's only been at the job with you three weeks, and he gets promoted, and you've been there four years. Do I serve God to earn His love? Do I self-medicate by pulling deeply inward? Do I do things to make myself feel better? Do I struggle with self-worth? Do you fill the void by working consistently through physical gratification or with behaviors of self-indulgence? Are you driven by the need to succeed? Do you use people to accomplish your goals? That's a big one in ministry. It really is. People want to be our friends sometimes just because of who we're connected with. And the Lord shows us, like, ah, watch their motives. Do you repel from your biological or spiritual children? Do you struggle with anger or fits of rage? Like, I know people that can go from zero to ten. I used to be that person. I could go from being cool, calm, and collective, and you could say one word to me, and I'm ready to pop your head off. Wow. Ah. <laughs> I'll take that one back. I won't pop nobody's head off. But I'm being honest. You go from zero to ten. No self-control. I mean, I could be having a conversation with somebody, and they could perceive something one way, and they're like, hey, I didn't say that. I'm like, brother, what, what's going on with you? 
just chill out. I'm not even coming at you that way. I'm just, that's a fit of rage. That's anger. Am I always in competition with other people around me? Do I have, no, do I lack self-esteem? And here's a big one. Do you lie? I'll let y'all think about that for a second. Do you lie? Let me go a little bit deeper. Do you lie when you don't need to lie? I don't know if you ever do need to lie, unless maybe your life depended on it. I don't know. But do you need to lie? Do you lie for reasons that you don't need to lie? Do you receive your identity from material possessions, physical appearances, or activities? Okay, come on. It's probably not for anybody in this room, though. It's probably for the people that are watching, right? (laughs) I'm almost done, guys. Just bear with me. Now, if you answered yes to several of these questions, there is a heart issue that needs to be healed. There is. But you see, the opposite of being abandoned is being adopted. Come on, right? So if you're not abandoned, that means you could be adopted. And adoption is a very beautiful thing. I see Max, and I've, we've, we've been able to see Max since he was a baby. With Pastor Felix and Vicky, And they adopted him. And they've given him a life that he, he would not have had if he was staying in the system. He would have went into foster care. And who knows what would have happened to this young man. But now he gets to be in a place of being in the glory to seeing God signs, wonders, and miracles that he walks around the building saying, Shakaboopa. He does. He sees me up here and he's like, Boomba. But there's, that's the adoption. You see, he received his adoption papers. He is a son. That's the difference. He's not an orphan. When you're adopted, you're no longer penniless. <laughs> you're no longer without a name. You've been given a new identity and a new family. See, when we get adopted into the family of God, we take on the nature of God. And my name (laughs) is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Come on. So, when we're operating in a spirit of adoption, this is what happens. We are secure. We celebrate the accomplishments of others. We experience acceptance. We speak truth. 
We fill emotional voids with intimate time with the Father. That's a big one. Because there's times that we feel emotional. We get in that, that soulless realm and we choose to be angry. We choose to, to walk with that orphan mentality. But a son will say, listen, they'll recognize that character and they'll get in that place, in that secret place of the Lord. And it'll fill that void. We allow the Spirit to lead us into our calling. We serve others and provide opportunities for them to grow into their own destiny in Christ. We don't use anger or other forms to manipulate to get our way. That's a big one. We bless others around us freely giving the Father's love away to everybody. We love ourselves. We exhibit healthy and self-esteem. We are grounded in our identity and we know our value. That's what adoption looks like. You see, God calls you worthy of the highest treasure. You know, I, I, I praise God. No, I'm gonna wait. See, John 3.16 says this, For this is how God loved the world, that He gave His only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him would not perish, but have ever eternal life. You see, Jesus was the ultimate treasure. And He gave Him for us. 2 Corinthians 5.18 says this, And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to Himself through Christ, and God has given us this task of reconciling His people to Him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And He gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making an appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. <clears throat> for God made Christ who never sinned to be an offering for our sin so that we would be made right through Christ. That word right means to be made righteous. The word righteous means to be made in right standing. You see, when God places value on something, it comes with His trust. And as an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven, what happens is we become a mouthpiece on behalf of God. We get to speak the things that's on His heart. We get to partner with God. You see, the sons and daughters, the spirit of, the, of adoption that rests upon us, we get to partner hand in hand with God. 2 Corinthians 6.1 says this, As God partners... We beg you not to accept this mar we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then to ignore it. 
For God says, at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is a day of your salvation. Today could be the day of your adoption. So now, where's Peter at? Can I get Peter to come up on here? <clears throat> so maybe, maybe we w you did answer yes to a couple of these characteristics. The next question is this, okay? How do I overcome this spirit? this orphan spirit. How do I overcome this? How do I stay affirmed in this? I'm going to give you a couple scriptures on this because I really feel this is going to help you. How do you stay affirmed? You go back to God's Word. You go back to God's Word. Proverbs 12.18 says this, There is one who speaks like a piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. Listen, this is how you overcome this, this orphan mentality. The way the orphan thinks. James 3.5 says this, Even so the tongue is a little member, the boast of great things. See how a great forest a little fire kindles. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from God and comes down from the Father of lights, whom there is no variation of shadow or turning. Because see, the, spirit of, the orphan spirit is motivated by fear, by rejection, and even in the natural, you will have anxiety. You have no self-control. Listen, when you're dealing with this orphan spirit, you don't display the fruits of the spirit. There is no self-control. You're... Exodus 33:14 says this. And he said, "My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest." Proverbs 16:3 Commit your works to the Lord, and your thoughts will be established. When you go to the word and you commit your, yourself to the things of God, even your mind and your thoughts become established and you begin to see things from a heavenly perspective. And you don't give life to those thoughts that the enemy will bring as an orphan. Jeremiah 29.11 We know this Scripture. But I'm going to read it. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, 
to give you a future and hope. When you're dealing with a spiritual orphan mentality, hope leaves you. It tries to leave you. You feel hopeless. You feel like there's, you have nothing left to give. Everybody's against me. Job 22, 28. You will also declare a thing and it will be established for you. So the light will shine on your ways. Now this is what I want us to do this morning. If that's you right now and you're watching there's going to be a number on the bottom of the screen. It's 888-406-9115. We want to pray with you. If you're watching an archive, we want to pray with you. Make sure you call that number. And for the people that are in here, you see, because what the Lord reveals, He heals. And part of walking out of this Part of walking as a son is to walk in a place of humility and not of pride. So I'm going to ask you to do probably something that's maybe the hardest thing in your life. Or it may not be. But of any of these characteristics, identify with the, the character that you've been having. I'm going to ask that you come to the front. Because we're going to pray a prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Because the day we enter into a new season, thank you, Father. And I asked you to step forward because when you step forward, you're saying, Lord, I'm going for this. Come on. So this is what I want us to do. I'm going to want you to, I want you to repeat after me. Alice, can you, I want you, can you pray? I'm going to have you lay hands on everybody. Just really quick, whatever the Lord gives you. And I'm going to pray with you also. But this is what I want you to pray. Here we go. You ready? Say, Father, I admit that I am struggling with connecting to you in a healthy way because of rejection that I have experienced in my past. I ask you to help me start the process of healing God, please clean out the things in my life that hold me back. Things that hold me back from getting my identity in you. Father, I surrender my all.
and you would fill every void in my life. And today I acknowledge I am not an orphan, but I am a son and a daughter. In Jesus' name. Holy God!